Hey, you did it. You made it. Welcome back. It's Fly Penguins Fly episode. I got to think about this for a second. Episode 65. I remain your host. It's Jeff Taylor. I'm just a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan who created this Penguins podcast for Penguins fans like you and me and hockey fans around the world. Throw me a follow on Instagram at Fly Penguins Fly and on Twitter at Pens Pod. Today's date is for not much longer Wednesday, March 23rd and tonight you are Pittsburgh Penguins were are still were in Buffalo to take on the Sabres was meant to be a game day podcast but ended up with a crazy wacky work schedule becoming more of a post game and I'm gonna wrap up from last night's game that we where we kind of routed the Columbus Blue Jackets did really well there it's gonna be kind of a day after deal okay gathering my thoughts long day of work Working on a friend of mine's record. I'm going to say Paul Brill. Why not? We're working on Paul Brill's record right now. Um, it's going great. And more on that soon. We're going to have a special guest today. More on that. More on that. More on that. <laughs> so uh, the Penguins basically had their way with the Blue Jackets last night. Uh, on an early Columbus power play, Puck dribbles through the five hole, gets past Tristan Jari in the first period. Things not looking so good. Uh, diving Blue Jackets player manages to tap it home over the goal line, but that was not the story of the game by and large. And before we talk about the offensive explosion that came from the Pittsburgh Penguins last night, might as well stay with the not as stellar aspect of uh, of what I saw go down in that game. So up on the first line, you got Evan Rodriguez, been kind of a semi-translucent translucent slash invisible guy uh, since getting bumped up to the first line. Seeing a lot of Sid and Jake sort of playing catch with one another. Now, is that a comfort zone thing between 87 and 59? Or, you know, is that kind of Evan Rodriguez still sort of finding his feet with with Crosby and company? Um, Oh, that's a sound. I guess next to Sid and Jake, even really talented players like Rodriguez will look a little bit more common. But I'll say that in recent history, I've felt that Rodriguez has looked pretty good. Like Kapanen, his game's been trending upwards in a way that doesn't necessarily make it onto the stat sheet. You don't notice him at first, but when I ask you, hey, did Rodriguez have a good game last night? You perk up a little uh, little nightlight goes on in your brain skull. Yes, actually, he was making some nifty little plays uh, that led to chances, or eventually, uh, to a goal. How uh, you doing? Now, I mentioned Kasperi Kapanen a second ago. Holy moly, did he look shot out of a cannon especially in the first half of the game against the Jackets. At one point, Cappy dances around a ton of Blue Jackets players, skating in this wide arc all the way around the back of the goal with no other thought than, I am willing my way to the mouth of the goal. And he really did. And it is one of the great crimes of the 21st century that Jonas Korpisalu robbed Kasperi Kapanen of the scoring chance that he created for himself. To quote my good friend and sometimes guest friend of the show, Richard Cole, uh, the person with whom I was watching last night's game, quote, that Kapanen chance was perhaps the non-goal of the NHL regular season, end quote. Cappy was also found uh, going due north a few other times during the game, uh, notably another time in the opening frame when he drove the puck along the boards, heads straight into Columbus territory, draws a textbook tripping call uh, from Jake Bean. 
Cap's looking really caps, uh, cappy. I guess Cap's really uh, makes you think about the Washington Capitals. Kapanen looking really confident, looking really determined. Good for him. But yeah, he needs to keep this up. Love seeing the goal a couple games back. Lots of big ones coming up, including uh, tonight's game versus the Sabres, uh, which is now over and I'm going to tell you about. And another big one on Friday night against the Rangers. But there is the goal horn from PPG Paints Arena. And even though tonight was an away game, it was earlier in the day going to be my responsibility to tell you who was going to play goal. That would have been backup goaltender number one from Rochester, New Hampshire, Casey DeSmith. Uh, Casey DeSmith from population thereabouts of 30,000 or less. Rochester, New Hampshire. And speaking of which, it is time to reveal the lead, which I have buried. Uh, there is more to talk about. We may or may not get to it. Um, new acquisition, Richard Ricard Raquel. I always read his name, Richard. I mean, it is Richard, right? It's Ricard. Ricard Raquel had hopped the red eye from Anaheim and made it in time to gear up, take the ice against the Blue Jackets. I could talk more about that. But again, this podcast was supposed to come out earlier today. It is now, after a very long day of, of recording, time to sit down. With a dear friend of mine, also a native of, of New Hampshire, from Northwood, New Hampshire, in the house, great guitar player, wonderful musician, songwriter, visual artist, and super athlete, Peter Lalish. What's up, Pete? Yeah, guy. Yeah, in the house. So, yeah, you and I were working together all day today on our buddy Paul's record. Um, some pretty intense recording sessions, really like live for those musicians out there listening, and I know there are a few, no-click tracks, just a really cool, soulful bunch of buds and strangers who just became friends on the session and just weaving together these versions of Paul's tunes. How's it been feeling for you the last couple of days? You know, being present, it's kind of exhausting. Mm-hmm. That it is. But also so refreshing because... I haven't had to be present in a couple of years now. Yeah. So it's kind of a nice reminder of there's other people in the room with me. Oh, yeah. That's what that feels like. Yeah. And it just feels great. And I just woke up, actually woke up today being like, it's spring and it's time for new things. And I haven't had that feeling in a long time. So I couldn't feel better about it. Oh, that's excellent. I mean, New York is a special place for spring, even when the daffodils are coming up and there's like birds hopping around on the sidewalk. It's still cold as hell. Well, I'll tell you what, windy. you know what I learned today about spring? Huh. <clears throat> Rob Jose, who's an incredible bass player, yeah. one of my favorite all-time bass players, who's playing bass on this gig and ukulele and French horn and on puns. It's yeah, incredible. incredible. It, like... Like none other, his use of puns. Super dad joke, John. He told he told me that um, he bought some lilies for his wife, mm. brought them home. Both his cats became, they had life-threatening illnesses last night because of the lilies. Allergic. No, lilies are so poisonous to cats. Oh, they got in there. That's right. Yeah. Cats go after plants. Yeah. And lilies, the pollen, if you smell, if I don't know, we were like, is this just for all cats or all, all, I mean, all animals? Right. It causes kidney failure. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so both his cats went to the 
E, uh, like the, the emergency, yeah. And luckily, you said his son wiped the pollen off of one of the cat's noses, so he was okay. But the other one had like full-on kidney failure. Oh my gosh! So spring has sprung. Keep your cats away from the lilies, and it's nice to yeah. be back. Cats will attack shit. They will. Attack. <laughs> they you know, will. You know what cats love what? That little soft spot in between the tendon of the back of your ankle and your oh, actual ankle. Like the Achilles? I guess that's, yeah. Cats either love or hate your Achilles heel. Wow. Because they just love ripping that. I am. I generally have a borderline, I'm about to lose a few listeners, disdain for cats. Oh. However, the truth of the matter is any cat, by and large, that I've gotten to know is awesome. Like, cats are actually really sweet. Or they're cool, or they're a little mischievous, but I kind of like all of those qualities that cats have. Like, I find them to be cute. I don't want to live with one, and I do. My wife already had a cat when we started dating. That's a done deal. That cat's my cat as well. Like, we're dating. I'm in your life. I got it. No problem. Like, I'll get with this cat. Then she went and gets a dog against my wishes. Now, of course, I'm in love with the dog. And then the cat, you know, is getting older, so she's got problems. And it's just a whole, anybody out there who's got multiple pets, you know about the obstacle courses and the special cleanup routines and the special food and the whole thing. And it's joyful. I mean, you have a dog. Name is Linus, right? That's correct. Linus the Lion. Kind of a like a Weimaraner mix. Yeah, he's a Weimaraner German short hair pointer mix, which comes out looking like Weimaraner is really known for being the gray, gray ghost. Right. He's a brown Weimaraner, and it stops everyone dead in their tracks. Oh, It's like Brad Pitt is walking down the street naked <laughs> when people see him coming. Amazing. I, yeah. I, um, I got to shout out Jessica Hume on that one. When she hears that line about Brad Pitt coming down the street, <laughs> we all, you know, you have those friends, you have like certain types of photos or jokes that you always re- go back and We are all about sending each other random pics of like, uber muscly pit bulls with like intense scary like schwarzenegger looking impressions on their faces or or also something that we find really really enriching is is like furry culture Mm. and you know there's a lot of sides of furry culture so when you search that just do yourself a favor if you've never looked up f-u-r-r-y just furry do that moving on um, back to the penguins for a second, because we're really grateful that all you listeners of Fly Penguins Fly are out here sitting in on a conversation with a couple of musicians who do have sports backgrounds. I know you're a big baseball guy. Uh, obviously, not only am I a big hockey guy, you grew up in New England. So I'm interested to know a little bit about hockey culture up in New Hampshire and like um, growing up in such close proximity to a beaver pond as you did. Like, did that freeze over? Did you guys ever skate on the beaver pond? Or was there so much life in there that it sort of kept it swampy and, and, and whatnot? Did you skate at all as a as a kid? Yeah. I mean, we had um, winters were long and the ice was hard. And it was just skate. I mean, I, I, I want to say that everyone I knew skated. Not everyone I knew. I wasn't. I didn't ski. Hmm. But I think everybody pretty much skated. And, uh, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up on this big beaver pond. I don't know how many acres it was, but it was huge. I mean, it was like five acres of ice, just massive. But before that, when I was a kid, we had friends. Well, my, my best friend, Willie Merrill, his parents dug a pond in their front yard. 
and they they made it so they could skate. And even when I was a kid, we would spray our yard with a hose in the dead of winter to make a little rink on. Wow. Yeah, so everyone skated. I dr- we have a little, you might have seen on the way in, there's a little bit of a an outdoor space. The landlord had kept a koi pond, and it's really the size of like less than the square footage of a car. <laughs> but it does get hard in the winter. And I did get out there, not on, oh, did I? No, I did bring my skates out. I skated a little bit. I just did a couple stops, took a video of it, and got off of it because there's not really any point to it. But I can't imagine having a huge pond like that to skate on. And did you ever get sticks out there? Did you ever get... Yeah. Get well, Willie, Willie Merrill's pond, they made almost to the T where it was the, the you know, Oh, size like a of rink. League. Yeah, like a league rink. Amazing. So we'd go and play over there, and uh, but I didn't ever play competitive hockey. Um, yeah. I never learned. I how never to, did as a kid either. Yeah. So I never learned how to skate backwards, but I always had a stick, and um, yeah, grew up skating, and it was, and there was Ninja Turtles. Well, it was Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So Casey, uh, oh, he's Casey the coolest Jones one. with the hockey stick. Yeah. Like he's oh, the that's coolest. all you need. Yeah, he had that gray faded T-shirt. Oh man, he's so cool. He was too cool. Yeah, um, but it wasn't like a. I, I was a Red Sox fan. I was yeah. a Patriots fan, and then I was kind of a Celtics fan. And then at the bottom of it, I was sort of a Bruins fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how it was for other people, but I didn't. I didn't witness the mass hysteria around Bruins, right? Like I did. Red did you Sox know? Too. Did you know the name Bobby Orr as yeah. a kid? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. as a kid, you know, you know, like Mario Lemieux, you know, Wayne Gretzky, yeah, Bobby Orr. But that didn't really mean much to me. I think only because I didn't collect those cards. Totally. It's all yeah. about cards. Even Sidney Crosby, captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't want to spoil anything. You know, I haven't really talked about this fact with you Penguins fans listening. This Audible podcast that just came out called The Rookie Year, Sidney Crosby, The Rookie Year, it's really good. I can't remember the name of the host, Pittsburgh native, actor, he's kind of famous, and he and he hosts the pot and he's really good. Gotta listen to it. Great story in there about Sidney Crosby when he was being scouted as a young kid. Getting these opportunities to train with NHLers who were excited to meet him because of how touted he was as a as a young youngster coming up the, the ranks. He brought all his hockey cards with him. Even the most elite hockey prospect bringing his cards with a Sharpie to get him signed by you know, lower, you know, lower tier NHLers that he got to skate with who were willing to give some time to the kid. And he's like digging, he's got every card, you know? So it's not just us growing up. Like these guys, that's how they got into hockey. You know, somebody had a card, somebody played a game. Everybody's welcome, you know? Well, our cards, you think cards are big now like they were when we were kids? They're big only because... I see, you know who I think collects cards almost more than kids now are like grown adult hockey fanatics who obsess over that stuff. Yeah. And they cost a lot of money now. Like you unbox a whole box of cards. And I mean, I'm not saying kids don't collect hockey cards. We also live in the United States. In Canada, my guess is it's not so. Probably, yeah. Every kid probably has hockey cards. But down here, find me... Well, we're in recording in Jersey City right now. There's probably only a handful of like nut job hockey kids. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with all of this. Um, except to say that 
Well, uh, maybe I should preface this. I don't know much about hockey. I watch sports. I moved to Georgia maybe a little about two years ago, and I've been following the Braves, which is okay because they were once the Boston Braves. Mm-hmm. I don't really follow hockey, but I watched the end of the game tonight with you. Yeah. And I had some questions. It's also amazing we haven't even said what happened at the end of the game tonight yet. <laughs> well, do you want Which me? Which is good. We'll build up to yeah. it. Yeah. So well, what, what questions do you have? Now we're, we're, we're veering into talking about the result of tonight's Penguins at Sabres game in Buffalo. You and I are aware of the results. We're keeping them in this envelope that I have here in my hand. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Shoot with your questions. Well, this isn't a question as much as an observation. I was thinking about being a goalie and how... You know, goalie is extremely agile. Yep. But also has to take up a lot of space. And I had this thought tonight that, you know how when you train to be a sumo wrestler, you're basically just training to beef your body up to become like incredibly mentally resilient to the rest of the world and that you're just there to wrestle. That's your life. You're also there to just consume as many calories as possible. Yeah. Why doesn't the goalie just get bigger, like a sumo wrestler? I like where you're going with this. Where they just fill up the entire space of the net. So there are some real beefy goaltenders. One that comes to mind is Robin Lehner uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights, Mm. who I believe has been out with an injury for a while lately. So he's probably extra beefy right now, (laughs) chilling at home on the couch. Um, But, you know... In order to be big and heavy, a lot of that has to be muscle. Yeah. Because they need to be so fast. However, I, let's let's take this Robert Crumb version of a goaltender to the next level. Okay. So what if a goaltender got super big? Like like it was like a 485, right? Yeah. Goaltender. Like a, like a you know, like a linebacker <laughs> size. Yeah. We would be talking about. I'm going to totally make a guess here. We would, if if somebody's going to be like a real 450 to to 500 pound goaltender, oh man, that's big. <laughs> it would have to be somebody who's got about, I'm going to guess, 390 pounds of bones, muscle, and blood, <laughs> right? Because if there's more than, you know, 85 or 100 pounds of muscle on there, yeah, you're talking about not being able to be fast, but if 350 pounds plus is pure muscle. Yeah, just taking up space. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> wow. saying, like, so that's what, so tonight I was thinking, like, why don't these guys just fill up the space and become less, yes. less agile? And that's, and, and, and your question's also really astute because that's been a big question throughout the generations. Like, one of the people talk about Wayne Gretzky a lot. You talk about hockey, especially folks that are just getting into it. It's like, hey, isn't Wayne Gretzky the best hockey player ever? Penguins fans will put a big asterisk next to that. And you already mentioned him earlier. Mario Lemieux gets a lot of love from a lot of hockey fans as potentially being the best player ever. The reason there's the asterisk there, a little question mark, is because you can't deny the numbers that Gretzky walked out of the game with, which were basically undisputable, indisputable. Did he have? Did he hold every single record? No, but he held goals. He held a lot of really important ones. And you guys are all listening, going like, "You don't know which records Gretzky holds." <laughs> That's absolutely true. As I like to say, I am a para-journalistic type new hockey fan, relatively speaking, so I'm totally proud of not knowing everything about the sport, 
happy to learn you guys always slide into the DMs, hit me with an email, penspot at gmail.com. All right, but yeah, he hold, he held all these these records. A lot of folks like to mention the fact that, hey, if Lemieux hadn't been injured or gone out with cancer or back injuries, these types of things, he would have potentially sailed past Gretzky with the amount of skill um, and resilience that he had as a player. But the other thing is goaltenders were very different back then. They were a lot smaller in stature. They had a lot less gear on. Early on, they weren't even wearing masks. I think in Gretzky's day, they pretty much always had masks. But their gear was smaller. So now you've got goaltending gear got really big and puffy up up till about a few years ago. I think they made some stricter regulations because the scores were just getting too low and hockey was less exciting. So they've shrunk the gear back down a little bit. But if old boy shows up, having hit the, the fridge, the gym, the powder, the outer space flight to gain weight in zero gravity you know i don't know what they would have to do you know i'd like to see somebody that's that big that can move like lightning yeah like dedicate themselves to the weight yeah but it has to be weight and agility and that's speed true. And because you know you won't make it the thing is these players are so good these forwards and defensemen they can shoot so accurately that if you can't move quickly, even if there's only a sliver of room under your arm or between your legs, they will find it. So that makes me think about someone like Chris Farley, who can do cartwheels. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think he'd do backflips, but, you know, short of a backflip, he he's was incredibly yeah, super, super agile. strong. Yeah. yeah. And so light on his toes. To me, that is the optimal goalie. I think Chris Farley would be the person <laughs> oh, that I would look to draft. Just, just the image of that is so fantastic. Kind like, of, I mean, he's sort of like Shaq, you know? <laughs> Someone's like, we're, we want Shaq. Shaq is our first-round draft pick. Wow. He's the person we want. Imagine he's, him suited. Now, some of these goalies are six foot six ish mm. uh, Dan, is it Vladar? Dan Vladar is, like, bigger than six foot six. Imagine a goalie that was seven feet with tons of muscle. Are you also thinking height here? No, I'm thinking more of a Danny DeVito stature. <laughs> Low. Where he can actually stand up fully under the bar. Yeah. As well as but he's kind of fill more, it up side to side. Yeah, he's in more of a kind of rectangular uh, presence. <laughs> yeah. So I had that thought today. Like the orange monster in Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like that yes. shape, but short. Who is also kind of similar to the orange monster in Mega Man 2 or 3. That par- parts of him would shoot across the screen left and right. He had oh one God. eyeball. Mega Man was out there. That was like going to a different universe. Yeah. You had to memorize Mega Man to beat it. Like the maps and stuff? Yeah, or? just everything about it. You had to be really focused, be really, wow. you know, dedic- also dedication. It's a big thing. So, speaking of tonight's game and goalies, it was Buffalo Sabres goaltender craig anderson been a journeyman uh played for a lot of different teams including uh, the ottawa senators for quite a while it was uh the night when craig anderson 40 year old goaltender i believe the oldest goaltender in the nhl was honored for his 300th victory a couple nights ago they gave him tonight uh, a silver coated goalie stick commemorating the event big plaque with a framed jersey in it that said 300 on it and anderson so he was pumped up tonight played great against the penguins who were on the second half of a back-to-back two-day swing of games, probably didn't have their greatest legs underneath them. Ricard Raquel, the new acquisition from Anaheim, 
was playing his second ever game with the Penguins. Uh, did pretty darn well in this game, including in the OT. The Penguins came back from a deficit a number of times, but as we saw as you and I kind of watched the game, listened to the game in transit, finally watching the third period here at home once we got back here, uh, Penguins tie the game at three. Um, going into OT, they really dominated the overtime, in my opinion. So it was Latang evening the score up three to three. Prior to that, it was Evgeny Malkin, uh, evening things up at two, but the Sabres just kept coming. Tage Thompson, sorry I don't know this. I know he had at least one goal, and then he also scored in the shootout. Again, I was in transit tonight. We did not have time. We got to get up early again and work tomorrow, so we're uh, we're doing our best. Uh, goes to the shootout. Craig Anderson uh, gets the better of Penguins backup goaltender Casey DeSmith. Buffalo Sabres win. Penguins do pick up the one point in the standings at a moment when they really needed at least one, if they're going to go and try to catch the Carolina Hurricanes for first place in the Metropolitan Division. New York Rangers are still looking hot. They did get clobbered by the New Jersey Devils. I heard a story that last night's thumping of the Rangers, by the way, just to be clear, I know I got some Rangers fan uh, listeners out there. I'm never hating. I'm just suggesting that just like we got the Badonk kicked out of us by the Devils a few weeks back. So tonight did the Rangers, and it sucks for the team that it gets done too. Because here come the Devils. You think you're going to have an easy game versus this lowly New Jersey Devils team, and they turn on the afterburners and and drop seven goals on you. I mean, it's like you know, it's not what's supposed to happen. Shesterkin gets pulled in that game. Uh, not a big deal for him. He's still working on winning the Vesna Trophy as the best goaltender in the regular season in the NHL, as well as the most valuable player, Hart Trophy Award, very likely uh, could go, in both cases, to Igor Shesterkin, the Russian goaltender for the New York Rangers. Um, some good things in store. The Penguins and the Rangers will meet next on Friday night. That's the next Penguins game. And that same night, I will be playing open hockey with a bunch of my Rangers fan buds and I think what we're going to do that day is kind of a parking lot after playing hockey iPhone recording convo with my boys about not only our night of hockey, but our all, you know, review of what happened in the Penns Rangers game. We don't know what's going to happen. So, and then I think I'm going to turn the controls over to Ashley, my wife, to produce that episode the next day. Uh, it'll probably come out as a post game, much like today, except the day after, uh, as. Peter and I are back in the studio working on our, on our friend's record. Um, Pete, this has been awesome, having you in the studio to do a podcast together. I feel like a lot of our time on the road, when you and I had gone on the road together, we were just listening to like episodes of Radio Lab or This American Life in the Van to Pass Time, and podcasts sort of rose to prominence at that time that we were first getting out there together. And now everybody's got a podcast, and even even we've got a podcast. I've got a podcast. I mean, the things that I listen to people talk about mm. are remarkable, like how yeah. mundane they can be to how emotionally resonant they could be. Sure. That, I don't know why we didn't think of it earlier. Yeah. It's but really fun to do this. I want to ask you a question, though. Yeah. I, actually, I want to send this out to your listeners where... Here's another thought I had about tonight's game. Yep. One, in overtime, the Penguins became so 
so offense off, offensively yeah. offensively yeah so offensively dominant i know i know why you were questioning that word usage because like if you're not talking about hockey all the time you know then yeah. it's like does that mean like uncomfortably yeah. offensive but i want to say uncomfortably <laughs> offensive to their t- yeah right they were Un- they were dominant yeah, yeah they were dominant the the puck was staying in the offense for so long yes. and i just you know it's one of those things that you want to see your team doing in the late season and which they're hope- in yeah, yeah. Down, and, we call it down the stretch yeah. you know they're heading down the stretch and towards the playoffs yeah that's that fire that you're like just Remember this moment. This is what I want you to be. To be a little bit reckless, take risks, and stay. You know, stay tilt, in the offense. Tilt the ice, right? Yeah. Like, and it was, and they had it. For whatever reason, it didn't line up. But it made me think about like, fans. why don't they play like that for the whole yeah. game? <laughs> why don't they play? And and it, you know, it's kind of that when you talk about home, home, you know, home. Well, what basketball, whatever, home court advantage, home field advantage. Right, Buffalo's got that tonight. Yeah. Plus, they but, played in Pittsburgh last night, so your legs aren't as strong and fresh as they would be with a, a normal situation or more common situations, which, which is where you have at least one day off in between games to recuperate, to eat, to sleep, to train a little bit. Yeah. And they had that. They had that mentality of a of a of a home game advantage tonight where they were taking it, risks. They did, especially in that OT session. And I don't know what happened, but I, I it made me think about this is a, maybe a question for your listeners, but I was thinking about the t- I wanted to ask you during the game and I don't, you know, neither of us can speak on behalf of everybody out there, but Yeah, yeah. What do you think I can. I have license to do that. But. <laughs> what do you think makes a Pittsburgh fan because you know, growing up in New England, a Red Sox fan is is very uh, clearly defined. We all kind of know, like they're brash, oh, yeah. they're dedicated, and they'll turn on you in a second. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 win or lose, a Red Sox fan is going to turn a car over and light it on fire. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's actually a great question, and it's and it's a lot of why I was attracted to the Penguins and the Penguins fan base and the organization. Because what defines a Penguins fan, oh boy, as all of my, like, there are Pittsburghers out there listening. This Jersey City <laughs> Bacigalupe, what does he know? What I know is that anytime, not only have I met a Penguins fan, but most times when I've met any hockey fans, with the exception of Philadelphia Flyers fans, who are rugged, they're like the Boston fans. I mean, they yeah. really are, and they take pride in it. They actually really love being this, this way, this contentious, contentious, confrontational, sort of aggressive way. Any Flyers fan listening right now is like, damn right. But, you know, for the most part, hockey fans in general are super welcoming. Pittsburgh kind of exemplifies that. I mean, not only have the Penguins been really successful in recent years, and so I don't think they have a chip on their shoulder in that sense, you can still see the luster of the Stanley Cup being hoisted over Sidney Crosby and Marc-Andre Fleury and Crystal Tang and Evgeny Malkin's heads uh, in recent memory. They won two years in a row. 2016, the first full season that I actually watched. I, I saw Mike Sullivan, the, the guy you saw, the head coach on TV tonight. Uh, I saw him installed as the replacement head coach, and he took it all the way through the playoffs, and they won the Stanley Cup. I mean, he couldn't believe it. They did it again the next year. As a new hockey fan, I felt like this is what it's like. Your team just wins the Stanley Cup. So, of course, since those two wins, no, the Penguins haven't won another Stanley Cup. And so begins my real fandom, right? Is to, But 
as bitter a loss as the Penguins have taken, and I've seen them get knocked out of the playoffs in three consecutive seasons now or whatever it is, including the uh, initial lockdown year where they did kind of a weird bubble thing and they did like a play-in series, which we were in, got knocked out of. So it's debatable whether we actually made the playoffs, but our record was better than the team we lost to. So in a normal year, we absolutely would have been in the playoffs. But then the the Penguins lost uh, uh, in first round exits after that. So a lot of people are, you know, they're starting to get frustrated, but it's only been a few years since they won the big the big prize, and I and I think the mark of a Penguins fan is tolerance, uh, sarcasm for sure, uh, bitterness occasionally, a little bit of sourness, but sense of humor. Pittsburgh's a nice place to go. There's an edge to it, you know. It's like that post-industrial uh, steel town vibe, blue-collar town. But there's also everything in Pittsburgh, like whatever you want, like art museums and you know killer concerts and great bars and entertainment and everything great universities you know of course it's a great sports town and everybody in pittsburgh seems to have some connection to the sports teams that's a generalization of course there are some non-sports fans there but uh it's a goodness you know like new england's one thing but you know Vermont, New Hampshire, you know, the area of New England you're from, I'm sure there's some real characters out there. Well, but I'll, it's a generally good place. It's a good place. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I Pittsburgh, can't... Pittsburgh's like that in my okay. experience. Well, I can't tell you in, in regards to New England, I don't know about Vermont because they didn't, you know, it's I've like, spent a lot of time there, so I've, yeah. I've I've gotten to have some pretty great experiences. Yeah, and there. maybe you, and maybe there are some real characters up there. Oh yeah, in the mountains especially. But. And it's and 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 you know, being a New Englander, you have so much to rally behind with sports teams, but also um, here comes the garbage truck. But go ahead, sorry. It's kind of uh, well. I'll say this: I can't tell you how many people I've met with. Vanity license plates or dogs that have to do with the the name Brady. Oh my god! And it's it's almost yeah. like you might go on a, a blind date with someone, and you know things might be going pretty well, and then at some point in the night you might be revealed that they have a Tom Brady tattoo. It's right. To, it's to that extent. His face in photographic real realness. Yeah, and and then on the and then. And and then the next day they could get it removed. Like it's it's the dedication, but then it's the extreme hatred that you could take this away from me. And, and look, especially on the Twitter in the Twitterverse, like yeah. I follow a lot of Penguins hockey oriented fans and journalists and players and all that. You get your you get your trolls. Yeah, there are trolls out there, and and but most times that can be reduced down to something about that person you know like they're going after female journalists Mm. they're going after uh older people who talk a certain way or they're going after so they're 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 they're, they're just trying to nibble around the edges as a friend of mine up in vermont used to say oh yeah she's trying to nibble around the edges huh like i don't know what kind of accent that was but some of those guys up there in the mountains oh well i'll tell you vermont accent it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's the Vermont accent. I think, I think that's also the new outro for the podcast. <laughs> All right, listen, folks. That was Peter Lalish. So good to have you in here. Thank I you love for your music me. so much. I will say, Peter is. Uh, the guitar player in a great band called Lucius. Definitely want to check out all their music. A lot of you out there have probably heard of Lucius. If not, they're a really great band. Um, go listen to their records. 
And uh, we originally we originally met around Elizabeth and the Catapult, another great artist out of New York City that you did a lot of playing and recording with, and I was lucky to do as well. And uh, and now here we go, working on a on a Paul Brill record, and I think it's coming together beautifully. And you're you're hearing from us right in the middle of those those sessions. And that is going to wrap things up for me uh, and Pete Lalish. Thanks again, Pete. Hey, man. I wish your team all the best. Thanks. Yeah, let's go Pens. Uh, on the podcast tonight, throw me a follow on Instagram at FlyPenguinsFly, on Twitter at PensPod. And remember, if you've got a Penguin fan friend or a hockey friend, uh, uh, hockey fan pal who needs to know about this podcast, FlyPenguinsFly, please do tell them about it. The more black and gold in the house, the better. Okay, Penguins fans, you could have watched tonight's game on TNT, and don't you love the job they do? I like it anyway. Uh, But even when it's on the national TV broadcast, don't forget you can always listen to the Penguins on one of my favorite ways to tune in via terrestrial radio or on the web at 105.9 VXFM. I produce this podcast all by myself here in uh, the studio, except for Saturday. I believe the next episode is going to be an Ashley Taylor production. Hope you enjoyed tonight's sad loss to Buffalo. Still a good game. And, of course, let's go, fans! (laughs) 